Don't try to be the Michael Bay of video creation. Think large, boom, transformers, explosions for no reason. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy those. But when it comes to video content, making things simple and clear is super critical to increased audience engagement and truly them understanding exactly what you need to deliver. And that I think is the key to creating extraordinary videos. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. This is The Visual Lounge. I'm Matt Pierce, your host, the place where we talk about video and images, using them in the workplace. Today, we are going to be talking about six things you need to know before you record. And we have a wonderful, magnificent, fantastic champion uh, guest of all, all things. Uh, Tiffany Taylor is going to be here joining us in just a second. Um, so we're going to be talking about those things and, and really diving in from her experience, what she's learned. Now, I want to say she was also a guest on our Level Up event. If you missed that, you can go over to TechSmith Academy and you can find her presentation and some awesome other presentations, you know, maybe including me too, but that's besides the point. So with that said, let me introduce our guest today. Tiffany spent 12 years in higher education and transitioned into EdTech three and a half years ago, where she was serves now as Director of Success and Customer Education at Handshake, an early talent recruitment platform. She has worked intimately with curriculum development, even teaching her own courses, and is always seeking new avenues of learning. Her pivot into EdTech was a way to expand her reach into working toward all access for all students by connecting with students beyond a singular institution. At Handshake, she is able to continue her student-first approach by enabling customers to optimize their use of the platform through self-service and virtual learning opportunities. With that said, please help me welcome Tiffany Taylor to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Tiffany. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. You made me sound a little bit cooler than I really am. So now I have a lot to live up to. You you are cool and and we will prove that later on. So, I mean, your answers will prove that really, but I've, I've got something to prove how cool you are uh, as we get going. So, but we're going to start the show that we're, we're always starting. We've got three questions to ask and I want to, I want to dive into these. So the first question we'd like to ask is how did you get involved with and start using video? Didn't we all just fall into it, Matt? <laughs> I, I, I literally, ha what happened to me? <laughs> you know, um, I wish I could say I had something profound to share, but what really catapulted my foray into all things video was the pandemic. Earlier on, the pre-pandemic, I did start our customer education function at Handshake. And yet still, it was very course heavy. We knew videos were important, but it was really just, let's get everything all in one place. I don't believe that even that early on, I had thought, wait, video could be specific and curated and targeted and really the crux of how all of that was delivered. Enter in the pandemic and it then became the only funnel. And I believe us as viewers, customers, which we all had to be in some shape or form, we, came, we became better at digesting video. It almost became the expectation. And so I would say that I fell into it because um, of the need that arose or really increased during pandemic to deliver really quality education and learning tools for our platform to our customers. Well, I, I love that because I think the pandemic did that for a lot of us in a lot of things. I think, I mean, even the show, right, it rose out of a need in the pandemic because, uh, and just real quick, that 
you know, when everything shut down and we we're like, we have all these engagement touch points that were in person and all of a sudden we're like, we don't have those anymore. Those are just, those have all disappeared. And so I think it's, it's interesting to, see, to hear you say that because I do think, you know, video's obviously been there. It could have been something any one of us have been using, but it, it takes those catalysts sometimes to make us realize like, oh my gosh, this thing is here. We can, we can use it. So I, I love that answer. And we're, we're, you know, don't like the way that we had to get there, but we're glad that you I agree. I agree. When I taught, I was the one at the back of the line for the online classes. I was I'm an in-person human. There is no way I thought I could have done this online. And here, here we are many, many moons later. And in fact, I hope that I replicated what I did in person um, online. But I, I, I was one of those that never thought it was possible. Yeah. All right, Tiffany, our second question for you is how do you define success for your videos? And obviously there's lots of metrics, probably lots of ways, depends on what the video is, but just from a kind of a broad perspective, what's a successful video look like for you? That we got it done as quickly as possible. And that might sound really reductive to folks and for anyone out there who was able to attend Level Up or maybe you'll go back and watch the videos from um, our TechSmith uh, friends. But truly, I actually, if I were to flip the question, thank you for asking so positively, Matt, but I often then gauge when I don't think something is success successful is when it has gone over the threshold. When I'm looking down the barrel of a 10, 15 minute video, I'm shaking my head and thinking, yep, this is, this is a re-record day. This, this is not as brief, it's not as tight, it's not as quick or as clear as I was hoping. And so the success for me is when I get that delivery in that sweet spot, that three to five minutes, and on a great day, you get it less than three, I am on a high. I love that because I think, you know, in my role, we focus a lot on making people better. I mean, even, even the concept of leveling up is came out of the, the show, right? It's something we say at the end of every single show, but it's, it's the realization is that it doesn't matter how good it is if it's never finished or no one sees it or they can't get through it, right? Absolutely. The, the, the ability for folks to get there and to your point, get through it is really, really critical. And I don't know if you do this. I, I've started to critique how I am as a viewer even more now that I develop videos, right? So I, even if I'm just scrolling through random things online and they lose me at the 30 second mark, I'm thinking, ooh, something went wrong there. <laughs> you know, so I, I've started to really even become, it's a meta version of how I'm evaluating myself. Uh, when I'm looking at content, just because I realize I check out. And so if I check out, how dare I expect other folks not to? Yeah, that is the downside of becoming a video creator is it ruins a lot of videos for you. Like it's one of those things like uh, when I first really started, like I was really trying to improve the craft of video, like getting really good at it. And I'm like watching films and TV and I'm like, Oh, I, I see what they're doing there. Like, I'm like, I'm stopped enjoying it for the story. Right. So, so I love that. Okay, our last question though, Tiffany, for this section, what's one tip you could give the audience to improve video and using it in their work? And it doesn't have to be about making video, but just using video in general could be about, could be about anything. So what do you think? I think be judicious and intentional. So the truth is everything should not be a video. I, and I know I've heard you also say that uh, many times in your own content. I think you have to find out the medium that works best for the content. One of my favorite illuminations in starting customer education was finding out that our customers wanted checklists. 
And I had looked back at some of the videos I had created before, and there were essentially me sharing, here are the 10 things that you need to do, which to me made sense. And, but in fact, to our audience, a shorter way, going back to the previous question, a quicker way to deliver that was actually just making 10 bullet points with a checkbox on a PDF, right? And so it's so interesting how I had prioritized. Again, I I, I drank the Kool-Aid. Great, let's make great videos. I purchased Camtasia, made it very easy. And then to realize that, no, it's not all video all day, all day long. It's about finding the medium that makes video the best way to digest that. So to your question, the tip is to make sure that the content is best suited for video delivery. I'm all in on that answer because I, I I do think sometimes, and you know, and we are the company that when you work for a company that makes a tool like Camtasia, which is awesome, I love it, I use it all the time, but it's the hammer, everything is a nail, right? And you're just like hitting everything, like, wait a second, does this really need to be a video? And so I love that, that like tying to like a checklist sometimes. They just need a, they need a list and just go through it. Yep. So great answer. Great answer. All right, Tiffany, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ryan Bort, brand experience strategist at TechSmith. And I'm excited to share that all the content from this year's Level Up event is now available to watch or rewatch for free on the TechSmith Academy. Level Up 2022 was all about video specifically best practices for creating great tutorials, demos, explainer, and marketing videos. We cover the entire gamut from what to do before you hit record, to editing tips, to how to effectively distribute the video. It's all there. This new course includes all eight presentations and the great resources our speakers shared with us during the event. It's a fun, easy, free way to level up your video creation skills. Learn from industry leaders, Adam Evermaskew, Tiffany Taylor, and Dee Kalipa, as well as some of our very own experts who you may be familiar with, like Matt, Chandra, and Jason. You can dive into the whole event or just the presentations that apply to you by visiting the Level Up course on the TechSmith Academy at bit.ly slash TSC Level Up 22. All right, everybody, welcome back. So Tiffany, we're going to dive in. At Level Up, you actually talked about these, these six principles, and I'm going to bring those up here to share with everybody. So here's, here they are. Uh, we don't need to go through these all like in depth, but I do have some questions about them. High level, uh, do, you, do you stand by these six <laughs> things you need to do before you record? Yes, but good to know that they're not necessarily in priority order, nor right. do you utilize all six all the time. But I do think they are the arsenal in your toolkit that should be leveraged consistently. Perfect. So, and we'll, we'll, we can refer back to that anytime that you want, but let's talk about this reiterate, uh, the first one, reiterate your design formula, because I'm, I'm curious, you know, you talked about a lot of things in there, but high level, what does that mean for you to reiterate your design formula? I love that you started there because I think, again, this goes against, I believe, how I was raised or the things I was taught. We understand when you get an equation, you run with it. Like, this is a thing that works. I do not want Oreo to change their recipe, right? Like, I go to Oreo <laughs> for the Oreo, please do not change that. But I think through video, what I learned and maybe on another pod podcast, you and I could talk about how social media has changed how we digest and what we want from video. But what I have learned is that we get bored, we want more, our learning styles change. 
You and I were not taught, I don't think, uh, in high school the same way we were in kindergarten because our brain is functioning in different ways. The content has changed. So in much the same way, I have realized that as I am learning more about customer education, as technology is changing, that the equation needs to change. The formula needs to change. So maybe where I started a course with PDFs at the top or the video in the middle or the wrap-up in the end, that sometimes doing the high-level summary works for folks and then and then going with some interactivity in the middle, that all of it works and sometimes none of it works. And so through something I'm sure we'll get to later on, that getting audience feedback is going to inform that. I don't believe you change your formula just to change it, don't get me wrong, but I think we have to be willing to change it based on feedback, based on learning styles, based on expansion of technology, or else we're going to be left behind. Yeah, I, well, I love that because I think as well is, you know, needs are always going to be different, right? If you're you're looking at your end state of where you're going to go, like if you're going out to social media, as you mentioned, you know, the expectations change. And and that doesn't mean I, I think things can't work, like things can't work in different places. But like, like is you know, it's interesting to me, here I am doing this long form video, essentially, you know, we'll do 40 minutes video. Absolutely. But we also take this video and we we want like a 30 second video out of it, right? Like, and so it's understanding all those things. So I I, I love that thinking that like, you've got to be willing to shift and go where to your audience because your audience, they're going to leave. They're going to find someone else, right? There's there's always someone else to provide them an answer. Always. Um, so one of the things you talked about, and, and I, I, if I'm hearkening back too much to level up and you're like, I don't remember what I said because I know how that goes. I apologize. But one of the no, things you no. talked about in your presentation that, I loved was you said you, you suggest that creators use the pause. And I wanted to I wanted to dig in a little bit here because I I, I love this idea. It's something I, I've explored and talked about. So I'm curious what when you mentioned that using pause, how does that look in kind of practical kind of form of a video? If I can take a step back before getting to yeah. video first, there is an honesty in this um, that you had introduced that I came from a, from a higher education background. As humans, we are not good at pausing, right? In fact, it's a <laughs> learned craft where we're, we're good at the opposite. We tend to cut each other off. We're not good at actually listening. We're waiting for someone to finish speaking so that we can get an or piece. And so I say that to say it, it is only coming through years of, I, I've listened a lot in judicial cases in the classroom, uh, working with a lot of my previous career and that it, it is not something that comes easy. And so with that, we are taught to fill the space and speak quickly. And I, the, when we just started, I told you we need to get everything in three minutes, right? That's actually what's normal for us. So the power of the pause in a video is actually honoring the audience, how we learn. And it's actually forcing our audience to listen, which is going back to where I just started. We're not very good at when we are digesting content, we're trying to get in and out. How many of us turn up the speed, two times speed to listen to that training that are, that is mandatory from our company? And so introducing the pause is actually working against what is already happening on auto autopilot, what is already happening because we default to do that. So the introduction of the pause allows processing time. It actually can alert or re-navigate when someone has tuned out or gone into a kind of rudimentary boredom. And so the pause really helps to solidify pieces that you want to sink in. If you are asking the customer to, hey, 
Do this in your screen. Replicate it here. The pause is very critical if we want actual learning and digestion to happen. I feel like I should pause for a second. <laughs> I love it, though, because I, I do think, you know, it's one of the things, right? Like even in some of the research I've been reading, you know, there's this kind of thing about pacing and going faster. You can engage. It's like fast can be engaging, but it's when you get to those critical points and it's like, let's slow this down a little bit. It does. It does cause you if I'm over here doing my email when I'm not supposed to be. You hear the pause. We're so, it's not an oxymoron, but there's it right. You hear the pause. Yeah. Yeah. I will. So I, I, so I love that idea. One of the things I've been exploring is the idea of like actually having your viewer pause, like get them to literally stop the video and do something, which is fraught with all sorts of challenges, right? Cause people don't do it. But I, I love this idea of even just in the case of like your speaking pattern, looking for those moments to be like, Hey, let's, let's have this gap re-engage now. Like we, this obviously is Something's different. So I, I really, I love that idea. Um, I, I could not agree more. It's kind of the, it's you pausing as you are delivering the message, but but the also asking for the pause. And again, something that uh, Camtasia makes us do very easily. You know, I actually overlay introduce text on the screen over my face that says pause now, you know. And again, to your point, whether it's folks do it or not, but if as the video creator, you can help to make that easy, or motivated or pressure someone into doing it, you know, I think are just uh, steps in the direction that I assure folks are better to introduce than to not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to, we're going to move through this quickly because time goes so quickly. Uh, I love it, it but let's, let's look at number two real quick. So this is consistently calling out. In fact, one of the things we can do here, look at this. I, I even, we oh, have a step through. So consistently calling out what may seem familiar. And and this one was really interesting because it's, to me, I, I think you talked about in your presentation a lot about repetition, right? And I'm I'm curious for you, when because I think about repetition, one of the dangers I feel like is like, oh my gosh, people are going to get bored. And so what what's what's your thought about why is that this such an important piece of consistently calling out what may seem familiar? Like, how, and how do we balance that against people being like, I know it. I've seen it. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think it's about intentional placement. And so, um, again, for folks who might have seen it happen at Level Up, and you have done it here, you've you've shown it on the screen. You said we're going through the six, and you didn't have to read through the six. And now, every time we get to another one, you bring it back. That is a form of repetition through visual cue, right? And so, it's not about every time you bring it up, let's say all of them down the path. That's how folks get bored. But what we're also engineering for is the way we learn. There is no book that will tell you that we don't learn by repetition. In fact, we, we are programmed to do so. And so it is, it is about being thoughtful and intentional about when you do it. The sandwich effect is one of the simplest ways, right? At Level Up, I had, I had the, the six at the top. Each time we went through one, we're repeating each one. And then we bookended it with the six again. And so that is a very simple way. If you are someone who is creating video content to guide someone through a platform or software use, as I had mentioned, how we utilize the repetition is always navigating from the homepage. We just found it was a lot easier. It became, you're now building your skill set. Now, is the person feeling bored that we're always starting from the per first page? I'm not sure. But what I can tell you that it does make them a super user of understanding the pieces of the platform because we're continuing to guide them through the same path. It's the reason why you no longer need your GPS to drive to work. 
And that's that's kind of my analogy for it. I don't want you to need your GPS to get to where I need you to get to, but I'm going to guide you there on the same route. Yeah, I, well, I love the GPS analogy because it, yeah, you just get ingrained and then, and then users, if we're talking about software adoption, users then say like, well, this time I'm going to drive a different way home and, and it re-engages the brain and then they can, they can learn multiple paths. So, so I love that. Um, gosh, there's so many things we could talk about. And I'm like, I'm torn, Tiffany, if like, do we, do I move forward here? Do I just keep going down this path? I think we're going to move forward because I want to, I want to be, get at least to something with each of the six. We can always come back if time's looking good. So let's, let's, uh, move to number three here. If I can reduce my favorite, keep it simple and small. Uh, so give us the high level. What, what do you mean by keep it simple and small? Cause I feel like that could apply to a lot of things. Absolutely. I think um, a couple of our attendees had had mentioned, this is when I would say, if you can make an advanced version of a course, do so. Um, because what happens is that we don't want to be reductive. Keeping everything simple is difficult. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But simplicity is key, especially when dealing with complex topics. So instead of saying, oh, wow, but this is such a big topic. How do I get it here? Then my challenge to you is, well, what if you broke it into three? What if you broke it into five? What if there is a 101 and a 102? What if there was a beginner and an intermediate and advanced? So it's not always about, Tiffany says everything needs to be under three minutes. No, small also means quantity of chunks of level. Maybe it's a phased phased approach of how someone needs to roll something out. So it's all about like how to make it digestible. And for anyone who's looking for a catchy way to remember that, it's the KISS method. Keep it simple and small. Or stupid. I mean, that applies to me Keep most simple, of the time. Stupid. I heard that too. <laughs> well, I, I, I love that because I think far too often, learning professionals in particular, we want to share, and actually subject matter experts, I think are even worse at this. They want to share everything. And they want it like, well, this is my chance. I'm going to put everything in this course, in this video, in this document, whatever. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Me too. Like, uh, and it seems like this idea of like, just even just simply breaking it up into to pieces makes it more digestible, makes it so that it's I can find the pieces that I need if I need to come back to it. Like, it has all this utility. So I love That's this idea. I love about it. You yeah. give choice to the audience. So again, sometimes as, as, as video creations, we, we have a God complex, right? Like we take the control of here's what you will learn now. What I love about breaking it up is that, ooh, and I actually just made a mistake this morning in my workout. I did the same thing. I can choose intermediate if I think that's where I should start. I can choose phase two because I'm like, oh, I already need to know, know phase one. And so there's this power that you almost give to the audience for them to choose how they get to navigate when you break it up that way. And for the record, I chose an advanced workout when I should have gone with intermediate. (laughs) Been there for sure. Uh, So, okay, let's talk about choice for a second there, because I think that's an important piece, because I think in my experience with talking to a lot of people, the organizations, and it's not necessarily the people creating the videos, but organizations in general are a little bit nervous about choice, right? So why would I give Tiffany choice? She doesn't know what she needs. I know what she needs as the organization. So how do we... How do you help your organization or how, what advice would you give to others who are maybe struggling with that idea that that choices from a learning perspective? Because what if they miss the basics, Tiffany? What happens if then they make a mistake? I know, I know. I think you set the prerequisites where it is important, right, for folks who had the opportunity or chose to go to 
um, a, a college. You might have had the 101 course that you couldn't get into before Rhetoric 202. So where it is mandatory, right? If, if, if Camtasia said, Tiffany, you can't create a elapsed time video until we taught you how to put timestamp, then great. Then make sure that I do that. But if you're thinking, wow, actually someone can wayfind themselves through this. Is it going to be a better experience if they do the first one? Sure. But will the content still be delivered? Absolutely. I don't believe in blockers for learners if you don't need to. Some of the best creations, Matt, you and I, I'm going to make an assumption that you've self-taught a lot of what is bringing you here to us today. And if someone navigated you through a very strict path, I don't know if we would have had the map that we have today. I think learners are resilient. I think our best customers want to learn more and they are hungry as hell. And so they will go back. They will hold themselves accountable if they, I did it with myself. I thought I was making the best videos on Camtasia. Then I saw an example of someone else's. And I was like, mm, mm, that was, that wasn't that foundation that had I, had I learned to do that. I was still creating content for years, but now I get to go back and infuse some of those things that had I been maybe a little bit more diligent, I would have learned, but it didn't stop me from creating content. I think you have to have trust in your audience that folks who are hungry will navigate to it, but let's not block the opportunity to deliver content um, or to whatever you want your outcome to be for any audience of any industry that I, I, I would be hard pressed and be very eager for someone to challenge me that the blocking actually is going to help you, certainly with engagement and reach of audience. Insert the, the blockers where you need to. Absolutely. Well, I, I love that balance too, right? Like there are some things that are going to be critical. You've got to learn this. This Absolutely. is requirement. It's, it's uh, you know, mandatory training, but there's, uh, yeah, but I love that putting the onus on them to say like, yeah, if this is too hard, you'll, you'll self-select something else. Cause you're right. I, I have done a lot of that, right? Well, gosh, I don't know how to do that thing in that program because it's way too hard. So I'm going to go learn some of these foundationals. Well, let's keep moving here because there's always, again, gosh, we could have 12 shows. We could have six different shows, literally. I love it. Topics. But, you know, we'll keep moving here. So number four, customer validated decisions to drive change. Oh, well, I said number three was my favorite, but not that one. <laughs> That's okay. You, you're, you can change Wait a second, because you're you internally your audience told you to change, right? So, so what what do you mean by this? Because I think uh, customer validated that sounds hard. I I know for some industries it might be, and I and I can't take full credit here. I always tell folks at Handshake or customers love to let us know how they think, and it has been one of my favorite favorite parts of the job. Um, we have over seven. 1,500 feedback responses per quarter. I actually think wow. one, one cycle we clocked 2,002 months, which I am not saying that to boast you all. It takes a lot of time to sip through all of those. Which ones are we going to act on? We always want to share back with folks. Look what we changed because of your feedback. So is it hard? It is a time spent, absolutely. Um, I can't gauge the difficulty for everyone's industry, but what I would say We've got to go back to that KISS method. Choose something simple and be consistent with that. We ask a three-question feedback at the end of our course that isn't mandatory, but yet we are still getting the copious amounts of feedback that we are. And what I actually think increased our feedback over the years is that folks have realized that we 
change things because of the feedback. So folks are like, oh, great, they're listening. So let's continue to enter to, to enter that feedback. And selfishly, for folks who are from industry and working on how to show ROI in your company, that feedback has been really great to share to our stakeholders. So it is checking all the boxes for these for this small, short thing that we aggregate once a quarter and is at the end of every course and the questions stay the same. So I'm curious, how do you let your audience know that, that ch- ch- any changes have been made based on kind of that feedback? Because it's, it feels like, you know, it'd be easy to go through and we're, oh, we, okay, we listened. We actually did that. We made changes. But sometimes I think that feedback loop is, is challenging, especially when it's like an aggregate of 1,200, 2,000 different voices in a quarter. Agreed. Agreed. Um, a couple ways. We do annual uh, focus groups. And so folks are able, th- this selection of people are able to see in aggregate. Here's all the feedback we got. Here were the clumps and the topics that that you found were working well. And here's what wasn't. And we want to talk to you about the things that weren't. So we're iterating on it correctly. So our call for focus groups already tell folks that, oh, wow, you, you're doing something about it. Because that you realize that that is helping the folks, even if they don't end up on the focus group, that's still delivering information to them that knows that we're acting on it. So that's one. The second way is that we um, have developed a, a great little uh, newsletter that goes out um, every month. It doesn't. It incorporates everything happening at our company, and our customer education is able to have a small sliver of that. Uh, that is just. And here's what's new. Here's what's updated because of you. It's actually. It's not just new updates. My favorite part of even working with product um, engineers is reminding them that if we change something, let's be let, let's grab the win, folks. If we changed it because of feedback, that's two extra words to put there, uh, just to indicate that it is it is iterated on because of you, not not just in a in a silo. Well, I, you know, I I think I have just found some some stuff to take back to my teams and say, hey, what what what? Where are those wins? Because I I love that, right? Take because, the win, Matt. <laughs> we need them, right? Well, people love and people love to be heard. They love to be acknowledged because especially if it makes it really better. What a great what a great concept, and I I can see that applying to to videos. And I, you know, I think um, a little tangent here in terms of like YouTube. Is a, is a really weird ecosystem of people who are making con- learning content for other people to watch, and it only people only keep watching if it gets better, right? And so, like, I think they do. They've learned to do that well. But at, as a company, I think sometimes we're like, okay, we'll change that next release or next major thing, and well, whatever. But if we can show that, like, no, 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 we're really listening. I know that goes a long way. So, what what a great advice. And we also do individual follow up with. Um, again, some folks were really, especially around accessibility. If some folks are really struggling with audio in certain sections, but maybe we're listening to it for some reason and we're not finding that out, we will absolutely hop on a call with folks and say, Hey, your actual feedback seemed to express X. Um, we are not following what that is, but we want to address that. Can you let us know? So that is definitely a space that, again, that's where I would push back no matter the size of the industry that I ever work for a company. I would say, I will follow up with this human specifically about these things. Well, and that's the other thing. We're all we're all human. We all have needs and we can we can relate. We're not big, we are not the big company. We are people. So I love that. Right. Well, let's let's move on to the next one, Tiffany, because you know, we're we're progressing here in time. So this one, speaking of humans, diversity of learning and accessibility, right? That's uh, it seems pretty straightforward. We want to be accessible, we want to be diverse. What's the baseline for you? The baseline for us is captioning 
which is not meant to be reductive in any way. There is a lot of accessibility needs out there. Um, however, for some folks, it might be easier to adjust coloring and how they're doing that in their screen. For us, captioning was actually a high ask and we were doing it in other aspects of our platform. And so that was the, I don't, I, you know, I think to say it's low hanging fruit is, is reductive. I think it's to say it was the easiest for us to access input and then decide we will never not do it. And so what I had said at Level Up is we tend to all be very scared around, oh, well, what if I don't get it right? My challenge to that is not getting it right is better than not doing something. And so we have to start somewhere there. If we do it right, there is no, you never actually complete it, right? We will always be expanding. Our technologies will get better. That will make our ability to be accessible easier. Right now, with respect to all the technologies out there, it's still not easy. It's still not idiot-proof. It's still kind of time-consuming. And I have about three systems helping me to just generate captions on our video, so it's not easy. So I would never say that to everyone. I think you have to make a commitment to it, but start somewhere. Start small and make that thing consistent and never not do that thing. And then when you think that is going um, seamlessly enough, add on something else and something else. Um, but it's not just about accessibility. Um, it's about diversity of learning. You might have, you might have a demographic that tends to lean towards more videos or folks who, um, I think I had mentioned, we still have audiences who want to print out a lot of our content. And if that is your audience, then help to make that usable for them. And so I think it's about ensuring that you are meeting the diverse way that humans learn as best as possible. Well, and I love that. And I think it, it makes me think of the, uh, there's a phrase, uh, aggregation of marginal gains, right? Like it, it, you can't do everything. You can't be a hundred percent the best. Start with one thing and then just get that kind of the principle from, it's from Atomic Habits is 1% better, right? Yes. Just get, if captions, yes. baseline, what's 1% more you can do to be more accessible? What's, you know, is it colors? Is it layout? Is it making is sure it you're- providing transcripts? We haven't yet done that. And I, I kind of looked at my team and I was like, we can provide transcripts. How much time spend is going to add? Is that going to add to our content? Yeah. Great. Then let's factor that into our delivery build. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's let's move on to to the last one here because we're we're getting time here. Rally the troops, collaborating for content. How are we rallying the troops, Tiffany? What are we doing? Call. Let's call. Get the call to action. Let's go. Well, Matt, I don't know if you're a team of one. You're doing a pretty awesome job making this magic happen. I do know that, especially in customer education, that's still a, a newer industry. And so many of us don't have an army, a team of 25, someone doing graphics, someone doing recording, someone doing captioning. Um, and, and for a long time, I was a team of one. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that almost with an asterisk because I never delivered anything alone. It was because I was reaching out to our subject matter experts in support, uh, the folks who are working on health documents, um, the CSM who just did a training on the same topic that I need to do a recording on. And so I was trying to multiply myself by including others who not only were better or knew a different topic than I would, it truly helped the what I delivered be better because you would generate something in a different way than I would. Your tonations are different, even how you interact. And so to me, 
having even the audience hear different ways of delivering was getting at the the point that we just spoke about before, like diversity of learning. And so there was something very beautiful that happened through collaboration. But what you asked was the how. The how, folks, is to go make a friend on some other team somewhere um, and return the favor, right? What was doing great is that these were things I could help other teams with as well. If the support team needed a training on an internal something, I would, we would have a little, you know, a little swapping of, I could take 30 minutes of your time, you could get 30 minutes of my time. So I'm hoping I'm able to cover the perspective for everyone. If you are a small, scrappy company, it doesn't mean that you still can't have someone collaborate. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, Matt, if I had a team of 25, I hope we would still collaborate because I truly believe that having we used to have a section that had a Q&A with an engineer on a part of the product. It was so great for our customers to even experience how our engineers saw the product, right? And so I never, I don't think that collaboration is just to help leverage when you are a team of one, turn yourself into an octopus. But I think collaboration just breeds the best kind of content. Yeah, I I, I love that. And uh, I I don't know that I've ever been Truly a team of one, but in that same sense, I'm always looking for those partners. Even the show, I couldn't do the show without you. I couldn't do the show without the people that helped me formulate the graphics or, you know, like, right. I, so I love, I, I love that, right? Go make a friend, go connect with someone. Someone else has got knowledge. It's, uh, I, I worked in a pharmaceutical company in an engineering, like they manufactured the actual stuff. And it was always like, those engineers, they were my best friends because I didn't, I know nothing about drug manufacturing. Right. But they did, and I, you know, I could they could give me that information. So I, I, I love that idea. Well, Tiffany, we're almost to speed round, but before we go to speed round, I want to I want to bring something up. So at Level Up, for anyone that didn't see it, Tiffany was all about gamifying the system. We had this point system, the audience, and she's like, "Well, I want all the points for myself." And so, okay. Tiffany, here's the thing: you did so fantastic. We are we are actually going to crown you the most points. <gasps> oh! Stop it! You did not. Yep. Oh. So I will send you the certificate afterwards. But we have the certificate. Uh, you can print it off, put it on your wall, or digitally share it wherever you want to share. So there you there you have it. You are now officially the champion of Level Up as a speaker. So I want you to know I am CPR certified, and this certificate might my, my, my cheat cert. This might be the best certificate. <laughs> well, you 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 deserved it. We so are, are so appreciative. Uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, in case people don't stick around for speed round, go check out Level Up at academy.techsmith.com. Tiffany's got so many other great things that she said. I feel like I my idea was coming, we're going to go deeper, but I feel like some ways we just kind of highlighted a, a few key points with some really great emphasis. But so thank you again for that. But are you ready? We're gonna, We're about to roll the die, Tiffany. All right. All right, All right ready. The rolling of the die. Let's Start go into speed speed round right now. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't listened to the show, speed round is where we are going to literally roll a twelve sided die to to pick the questions that we're about to ask Tiffany. So let's turn over to our dice cam. Look at this. <laughs> First roll is a two, which is great because we've never asked a two on the show. I'm starting to get you know you start to get repeats. So number two. How did you get to be such a master of the topic we talked about today? I, I know you probably don't feel like a master, but like what what brought you, like I probably talked about this a little bit, but how'd you get so good? Because you're good. These are great things. 
I wish I was. And are any of us truly masters? I became a master of the topic by um, force of necessity. Um, And I think that's how a lot of us kind of get into these things. Uh, The pandemic really increased our customers' need for video. And so I had to up the ante. I was diving into every book, watching many a tip from Matt and many other uh, uh, technologies out there. But it was was through force and necessity of our customers needing better content faster. Isn't that so many of our stories? Just we had, we're like... To survive, we have to do it. To so. survive. All right, here we go. Another roll. Ooh, a six. Look at that. The line. You can tell it's a six because the line is underneath. The line. I got to start teaching people dice things now that we're using it. Number six. If you could be a hero in any story, who would you choose and why? Any story, Tiffany. This is hard. I know. <laughs> Don't oh, worry, I, I do. Add, I have started incorporating this to ask myself these questions until I can get through all of them. So I know these are hard. And here's what's funny. I um, When I read the questions, I thought I had an answer for all of them. And now I can't remember the one I had for this, but one just came to mind. Oh, Matt, I'm going to date myself. Do you remember the gummy bears? Yeah. I'm just going to light up Google wait, right now. Wait, 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 wait. All, all your listeners. Gummy bears They're bouncing bad. here and there and everywhere. everywhere. Yes, of course. Uh, okay. We might edit no. that out, but. <laughs> I can't, but yeah, this might not work. It would be all the gummy bears. It's their collaboration. They never like fought evil without being together. And so I think I would want to be all the gummy bears. I love it. I love the gummy bears. It was such a childhood memory. And every Saturday, watch the gummy bears. All right. Let's, let's do one more question, Tiffany. That was a great, that was a great answer. I, I loved it. Horrible, okay. Horrible answer. Here we go. Ooh, a 10. Let's see what we've got here. All right. So this is a pretty broad one. What's next for you? And you can put that in context of video. You know, what, what is it that you hope you're aspiring to do? It could be, you know, you've got a meeting at in 15 minutes. I don't know. What's, what's next for you? Um, thank you for this. Uh, I believe, I love that I've been asked at Leaven Up and here on this podcast to speak about videos. But to your first question, I want to master so much more about video delivery. I want to be able to create customer-grade content. I think right now it's good enough. Um, and I don't want to make things complex to make them complex, but I know there's vast and layers of technology that I haven't unlocked yet that are able to make it even more interactive. And I just want to take myself, my team, and our audiences to unlocking that next level. I don't know what it is yet, um, but I've been watching a lot of other folks' content, what you all did at Level Up, and I'm going, what? That can happen in Camtasia. And I think there, there's, there are these amazing things that sometimes you can learn one little tool and it can 10x what you're doing, it can make it that much more engaging, that much easier to digest. And, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I just haven't figured out the what of that thing is yet, but I want to become a master of it. Well, let us know how we can help. We're always happy to help uh, friends level up and do better. So, well, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. The, the way we like to end our show, of course, is with our final take. So this is your quick summary of what we talked about today. What, what would your final take be for our audience? Don't try to be the Michael Bay of video creation. And I hope, again, I didn't date myself, but think large, boom, transformers, explosions for no reason. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy those. But when it comes to video content, making things simple and clear is super critical to increased audience engagement and truly them understanding exactly what you need to deliver. 
And that I think is the key to creating extraordinary videos. That's a fantastic final take. Tiffany, if, if people wanted to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, follow your great wisdom and advice, where could they go? Best place to go is on LinkedIn, um, Tiffany Taylor backslash learner, always trying to gobble up new information. But I share weekly tailored tips, sometimes about video, sometimes about how to manage, how to be hopefully relatively extraordinary in your job. But uh, you get to see me create a video uh, every week and hopefully leveraging many of the things that I've shared here today. And they're awesome. And I love that you're tailoring tips to people. But a bump. Love the bun. <laughs> well, Tiffany, it has been an absolute joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for being with me today. Matt, the pleasure was mine. I'm so grateful to have been asked to, sh- to be here. Thank you. All right, everybody, go check out Tiffany's LinkedIn videos. They are really good. So you should go learn from her, not only the stuff she's sharing, but you can see how she's learning to level up her videos. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all that great stuff so we know that you're watching and that you're getting value out of what we're producing so that we know that we can keep making stuff. We want to take that feedback, as Tiffany said, and make a better and better show. With that said, we like to end the show the same way every week. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we hope you take a little time to level up. Thanks, everybody.